For almost 170 years, faithful Richmonders have been gathering in this sacred sanctuary. Almost 170 years, faithful Richmonders have been coming to listen to God's Word, be filled with God's Spirit, and be called afresh to God's purposes in this sacred space. We seek, when we come here, to paraphrase a saying, to find comfort for our afflictions, because afflictions come to us as we move through the journeys of our lives, and we seek in this place to afflict the comfortable, because we know that God continues to call us to be about the light and the hope and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ into these streets and around this world. Whenever we gather here, we seek to link our lives to the comprehensive story of God that's found in this text, this book, this Bible. We seek to be about the establishment, the coming of the kingdom of heaven in the world. And as we think about this comprehensive story of God at work in the world and in our lives and through our church, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty inspiring even. Here's what the Bible is about. God speaks and creation emerges. All of creation emerges. God lays a foundation for the life of faith by giving us fathers and mothers in the faith like Abraham and Sarah and Moses and Miriam. God shows us how relatedness to God changes everything, everything about our lives and everything about our world. God saves a people from slavery and keeps saving a people even from their very selves. That's what the Bible is about. God raises up leaders across all the ages and keeps raising up leaders who guide God's people through the tangled difficulties of life. God gives us a Savior, Christ the Lord, the Word made flesh who lives and dies and is raised from the dead that we might have life. God calls and forms a church so that people can live and serve in the world. All this is the story of this big book, the Bible. And all of this is the impressive, expansive, comprehensive work of God in the world and in our lives. It may be so impressive and so wonderful that we're not sure we actually fit into this story. We're not sure where we actually fit into this story. We might think, okay, that's God at work speaking and creation emerges, giving us these biblical heroes, this long story of God calling and saving a people. We have Jesus Christ, the Word made fresh and flesh, and the church across all the generations. But how in the world... Does that big, expansive story actually take root in me and in you and in our lives? We live in 2014 in Richmond. We're so many hundreds of years removed from so many of these impressive stories. And our lives are pretty much mundane compared to many of these stories. Our lives are quite ordinary compared to this star-studded cast of biblical heroes. Our lives are 
pretty basic. We have our family and we have our relationships that we work on, our connections. We do our thing, whether that's going to school or going to work or hanging around here or getting involved in this or that. We deal with the challenges that come our way. We may well wonder how this story applies to our lives. We may not ever even think about this story as we move through our busyness and our pursuits. We might even disqualify us from this story because of some major guilt that we carry around and can't seem to get over. We may disqualify ourselves from this story because some other circumstance in our lives is so much right in front of us that we don't see God present and we don't see God at work. We might actually wonder if this story even applies to our lives. Does it? Could it? Really? This story? And then we get to something like the story of Ruth which is a little story that comes after Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, before First and Second Samuel. Here's the verse for today as we continue this series of one verse. Here's the verse that you might have heard before, even if you can't recall the specifics of the story of Ruth. Chapter 1, verse 16. Do not press me to leave or turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. This is the word of the Lord. Here's a brief story, summary of the story of Ruth. Once upon a time, a long time ago, Back in the days when judges led Israel, that would be before the kings emerged and were established, that would be before the land and the people had a sense of confidence about who they were and what they were doing, there was a famine in the land. Hunger covered the land. A man named Elimelech from Bethlehem in Judah left his country along with his wife, Naomi, and their two sons. Elimelech, Naomi, and their two sons leave Bethlehem, and they go to Moab, the country Moab, and they settle there. Now, Moab, you might remember, is this mountainous region that is now what is present-day Jordan. So they left Bethlehem, and they wandered some miles into that area known as Moab, Sometime later, it says, Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The sons married Moabite wives. One was named Orpah, and the other was named Ruth. They all lived in Moab for ten years. But then the two sons died. So Naomi is left with no husband and no sons. Only her two daughters-in-law, both are Moabites. Now, you may know this. Life is pretty difficult for widows in that age, in that place. Any property or any possessions that belonged to the man didn't convey to the woman at the time of his death. So Naomi 
out of care and concern, told her daughters-in-law to go back to their families, Moabite families, for care, for help, for support. And Naomi decided to go back to Bethlehem, where she was from, where she had family, in Judah. It was the best hope for survival for all these women. But the daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, said no. They preferred to stay with Naomi. Eventually, one of these daughters-in-law, Orpah, did return to her family. But Ruth said, no, do not press me to leave you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. Ruth insisted on staying with Naomi. Ruth was devoted. Ruth loved Naomi. It was an act of care and it was an act of commitment. They then, the two of them, Naomi and Ruth, went back to Bethlehem. Life's not going to be easy in Bethlehem, in Judah, for Naomi and Ruth. Remember, they are widows. They have nothing. But eventually, Ruth starts working and gleaning in the fields, picking up what was left over after the harvest and putting it in a basket and carrying it and having some chance for food and for life, trying to make her life better, trying to find a way for her and Naomi Eventually, along the way, through some twists and turns, the owner of that field, Boaz, took notice of Ruth. Boaz extended care and compassion upon Ruth. Boaz married Ruth. And because God is gracious and always at work, Ruth, Ruth, a Moabite, who out of love and care stayed with Naomi and continued to act with love and care in all things, Ruth had a child with Boaz, and that child became part of the lineage of King David. That's big news. Part of the lineage of King David, and even part of the lineage then of Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's the main point. Scripture is a vast tapestry of God doing amazing and memorable things, creating and working and blessing and sustaining and saving so much, including us and the whole world. It includes grand schemes and major themes, the stories of Abraham and Sarah and Jacob and Rebecca and others. It includes magnificent moments like opening the waters so that the people could flee from slavery in Egypt and the stories of Moses that follow. It includes kings like David and Solomon and others. It includes the story of lostness from God and found again and salvation. It includes Christ coming with the disciples and starting the church and more and more. All of that, big stuff. The scriptures also contain stories like this one of Naomi and Ruth. And Boaz, seemingly ordinary people who do ordinary things, live their lives as best they can. Share love and commitment and don't stop doing that, no matter what happens to them. Seeking to embody compassion and hope despite all the odds and circumstances against them. And God works through them too. Here's the real point. You matter 
you, me. We matter. What we do matters. That's the point of this story. You may want to disqualify yourself for some reason that this story doesn't apply to you because of guilt or the circumstances of your life or some, something that's right in front of you. You can't hear this story. You may not sense that you're a part of it. You may have too much doubt that makes you not religious enough to be part of this story or something like that. You may be filled with some disappointment and enough questions that God couldn't possibly be at work in your life. Now, today, tomorrow, that may be where you are. But the story of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz wants to tell us we matter and what we do matters. They were ordinary people trying to get by with all that life dished them. Famine, loss, grief, poverty, pain, suffering, adjustment, realignment, figure out what to do, all of that. And God is powerfully present, always working incredibly at work, even. Naomi had huge challenges. Ruth had major setbacks. Life is always full of adjustments. Rarely does life unfold how we think it's going to unfold. We're always adjusting. We're always striving to catch up and figure it out. In fact, the longer I live, the more experiences I have. And many of those experiences I wish I didn't have. And through all of that, I'm convinced that life is about adjusting. Adjusting again and again and then adjusting another time with faith and hope and love and seeking to be faithful to God. Our calling is to embody the kind of love and the devotion and care and the commitments that we see in the ordinary lives of Naomi and Ruth and Boaz. It's a story of common people with uncommon compassion and loyalty. It's a story of journeying. It's a story of surviving through famine and grief and heartache and uncertainty and frailty. And it's a story of seeking to love and seeking to be loyal and seeking to care, especially in ways that go beyond what is socially expected or legally required. What God wants from each of us in the grand scheme of this of the whole biblical story, what God wants from us are lives that embody love and loyalty, faith and fortitude, especially amidst the challenges that might come our way. What God wants from each of us are lives of compassion and lives of commitment where we do our best with gratitude for all the blessings that are ours and seeking always to be a blessing in whatever moment we might find ourselves, whatever particular moment we might find ourselves, we're called to be a blessing. A young man from Pittsburgh uh, once raised his hand when he was in a seminar with the famous author Kurt Vonnegut. Vonnegut was lecturing. The young man said, please tell me 
it will all be okay. Vonnegut said, Welcome to earth, young man. It's hot in the summer. It's cold in the winter. It's round. It's wet. And it's crowded. At the outside, Joe, you've got about a hundred years. There's only one rule that I know of, gosh darn it, except he didn't say gosh darn it. You got to be kind. You got to be kind. What Vonnegut did not say, but probably knew, was, is that human kindness, love, devotion, when it's real, is only our small response to the boundless kindness of the living God who created all things and His only Son who tries to make us more human and more kind all the time, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is a reminder for travelers amidst life's tangled difficulties. This is kind of a GPS for us, a global positioning system that's trying to route our lives. It's meant to be about love and kindness in all moments. That's the way to life and hope. See, God's grand and wonderful story is meant to play out in our lives. It is playing out in our lives, much like it's played out in Naomi's life and Ruth's life and Boaz's life. In genuine compassion, in abiding care and kindness, in fortitude and faith, in loyalty and love that goes beyond what is socially expected or legally required. That's the way toward the kingdom of God. And you know what? It involves all of us, each one of us, every day, always and forever. We're called to be the best that we can be, loving God and loving others. Do the people around you make you a better person? Help you love God and love others? That's the way God wants it. Does your spouse or partner or closest neighbor make you a better partner, a better friend, a better person in God's realm, promoting kindness and love. That's what God wants from all of us. That's what's happening with Naomi and Ruth and Boaz. Are you open to the mystical and are you open to the powerful presence of God even in the most mundane moments because God is present and God is at work and we're called to strive for kindness and strive for love and we just might see God really at work. This is what the story of Ruth is about. It's about the Spirit of God being with us and even within us. And our job is to know it and to nurture it and to embody it. Embody it. Nothing is too small for God's presence and care. What we do matters. It matters. Little moments, big moments. So may we each sense God's presence and may we give our best devotion, our best care, our best love and loyalty to all things and embody the kindness and the love and the loyalty and the hope of God always and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Show us your way, O God. We seek to follow Jesus. Amen.